Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Welcome to the Beyond Bite Wings podcast from Edwards & Associates. We have with us today Robert Edwards, Lynn Ledbetter, Ash Fazula, and I am Christy Smith. Today, we will be talking about preparing for the next pandemic, talking about things that you might need to consider as you continue to practice dentistry. How's everyone doing today? Not bad, except the fact that you mentioned the next pandemic. I know, right? (laughs) So 2020 ended with a vaccine and a, a spike in cases and deaths. So let's talk about how we can be prepared for, for the next pandemic, whether it be, you know, continuation of, of COVID or something else. Because honestly, it doesn't have to be a worldwide pandemic. It could be a flood in your office. It could be it could be anything, you know, that you should be prepared for. Because with business comes risk and you have to be prepared for those risks That's as right. they come along. Well yeah? said. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Lynn. You're welcome. <laughs> so it's not too early to be prepared for the next pandemic. It's never the too point, early. right? No, yeah, is. you've always got to be prepared. And we still don't know how everything is going to play out with COVID. Not Lynn's at all. favorite thing. We yes. still don't know. We still don't know. Yeah, that's that, her that favorite, is my favorite phrase. phrase. For this whole thing. We still don't know. We still don't know. So, Robert Wood or Ash or anyone, whoever has something to say here, what do you think is the main thing that uh, dentists and, and small business owners need to know and need to be prepared for? Well, I think. This pandemic certainly made it obvious, and I think it, the the one most important thing that people can do to prepare for the next pandemic is to conserve some cash, to have cash reserves on hand instead of having to run to the bank and apply for a working capital loan or to hope the government's going to pass a bill to bail them out, you know, then everybody should have sufficient cash reserves. And if there's one thing we've learned from the COVID pandemic, then it's, that's it, to have sufficient cash reserves on hand. And we've seen during the current COVID situation that lenders have changed the way they've been evaluating the applications for loans. And there's a possibility that may stream along even if this were to continue right. uh, so, further into 2021. Yeah, so w- one of those emergency loans may or may not happen if the next quote, pandemic comes. So having cash on hand is really your first and foremost priority. But Robert, when you say on hand, do you mean in the practice? Does it have to be in the practice? Well, it it needs to be available and preferably not in the practice because if it's in the practice, then it's subject to claims of creditors, lawsuits from patients, or a variety of other things that expose it to risk. So uh, preferably, it would be personal money sitting in a personal account. Now, you can take money out of the practice, put it in a personal account, and then put it back when you need it. Right. So somewhere on reserve, but it doesn't have to be in an account titled to the business. No. So Robert, when you talk about having cash on hand, how much should a dentist or business owner have on hand cash? Well, for ordinary operating overhead, I would say 
a month to a month and a half of overhead is sufficient reserves. But to prepare for a pandemic, I think you need that much more, double, in other words, what you would keep on hand on a daily basis for regular operations. So maybe you know, three months overhead would be adequate to keep for reserves. I mean, we have to say there are some situations where no amount is going to be adequate. I mean, there are just some emergencies that you cannot anticipate and can't be prepared for. So that's always, unfortunately, a, a scenario, but would be a, hopefully a worst case scenario. Uh, if anything lasts longer than three months and everybody has to completely close down, right. then we got bigger problems. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we looked at a scenario like that in 2020 because the shutdowns in Texas, they weren't as severe, but ac- across the nation, they were pretty substantial for some of the industries, dentists especially. Well, in so. some states in particular, I think, uh, California and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and maybe Oregon and Washington and, and maybe New York. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. They were shut down a lot longer than clients in Texas. Right. And you know. again, fortunately, we had the government to help, but that's not necessarily always going to be the case. And if you're looking at a, a personal catastrophe, like Christy was talking about, a flood or a hurricane, hurricane. something like that, you know, there are some remedies and emergency loans and things that the government offers. But if it's not a worldwide or national thing, you can't necessarily count on the government to extend those resources to help you through that situation if it's really a very isolated incident. So if you're not prepared yourself, you're you're going to be in trouble. There's really uh, nobody you can count on as much as you can count on yourself. So you've got to come up with a plan to set aside some money to last through the next significant event, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, I thought it was interesting in one of the articles that I think, Christy, you sent me. Um, as of the week of November 16th, uh, the number of dentists that are open and doing business as usual uh, in Texas is a little bit under 40%. Uh, open but having lower patient volume than usual is about almost 60%. And closed and not seeing patients anymore is more than 1.5%. So I give some clients have, or not clients, but I guess some dentists have closed their offices permanently as a result of the events of 2020. What other measures do you think that uh, dentists and, and business owners can take to be prepared for the next significant event? That, as you call it, I like that better than pandemic, by the way. <laughs> way better. There is one question that I get often from clients, you know, especially the ones that are more skeptical. They just don't know how long this is going to last. And they ask me, hey, Ash, is this the right time to think about cutting some expenses. And then the number one go-to category they look at would be their team member expenses. And it's, it's a difficult conversation to have with the client because a lot of times they'll talk very highly of their entire team and they've come to a point where, you know, they are this cohesive unit that's working really well. The practice has this nice flow. And all of a sudden, if they're talking about a highly compensated employee not being there, uh, we just don't know what the dynamic will be like. And honestly, you know, dentists are not a retail store. You're basically sell- selling the services. Um, in one of our episodes for staffing, we actually talked about how important it is, the customer side, the customer service aspect of it, rather, mm-hmm, I should right. say. And if, if you try to get rid of that, I don't know how that's going to help the problem. I think um, there are other areas where you can look at. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think? 
Well, I think what you mentioned on the staff is, like you said, that's the biggest aspect of overhead. It's the biggest single component of overhead. So that's probably where they're most likely to go first. But I think they need to rethink that because it's much more of a financial toll to have to hire those people back someday. And again, then they may the, the new people you hire may not be as experienced. They may not fit in personality-wise with the staff you have. Uh, you're creating a new dynamic. And it's often more expensive to hire and train a person, even in our business, uh, mm-hmm. to hire and train a person than to keep the people you have. So I think that needs to be rethought. But again, if they're going to cut expenses um, in anticipation of the next significant event, then that's something they should be doing anyway. If there's an opportunity to cut expenses, don't wait. Right. Do it now. Right. Become a much more efficient, uh, you know, lean and mean practice than, than uh, waiting for the next event to happen. Right. But as far as the staff situation is concerned, there are cases where practices are overstaffed and they're spending more on, on staff than they, they need to, or they have too many positions for the size of their practice or their number of operatories or whatever it may be. So there is some opportunity. You definitely need to evaluate. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a blanket answer. Yes, you should cut staff or no, you, you shouldn't cut staff. Um, but it is the significant expense, as you said, and it's a good opportunity for savings. But you have to look at the whole picture. What's it going to do to the office? What is it going right. to do to your customer service? Um, can they absorb that work easily? Are people sitting around? Um, and there are a lot of sort of standards as far as number of patients versus number of staff or number of operatories and number of staff. So there are guidelines you can look at to, to analyze that. Um, but it's definitely a an area that should be checked out, but it's not a, a certain either way. And psychologically, it's a lot easier for the doctor to call his landlord and get mad and try mm-hmm. to try to get his rent <laughs> reduced than to be able to get rid of one of your staff people. Mm-hmm. That's just tough because you know they're they're you're responsible for their family's livelihood. Right. It's just psychologically more difficult. It absolutely is. But on the other hand, if you've got an employee who is, you know, maybe uh, causing turmoil or doesn't fit the dynamic of the office, take the opportunity to yeah. to get your staff um, in a good situation mm-hmm. and remove that piece of drama that might be being created because you'll be shocked at the value that that adds mm-hmm. to your practice. I think that um, when we're talking about you know happy teams and, and everything's going really well, it creates such good customer service. Because people want to do business where the staff is happy, mm-hmm. right. the team is happy. So it's just something that I do anyway, and I know other people do mm-hmm. as well. Especially during a period like this, there's right. enough unhappiness oh, in yeah. the world. So <laughs> they want to go someplace yeah, where they feel better. Yeah, and right. I, th- I think so much customer service is so not there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. It's just so terrible. And so I'd well, rather... Well, because that's really your thing. So you really <laughs> key in on it. Well, right. I do. I'm well, sorry. we like that. We need sorry. that. <laughs> sorry for all you people who don't give good customer service, but I will not be coming to your store or your practice. So yeah. I'm all about the vibes. Honestly, if I walk into a store, if I don't get a good vibe, mm-hmm. I just walk right out. Mm-hmm. So no, that is important. Yeah. So what about other expenses that should be evaluated or or trimmed or is there any one particular expense to look at others to look at or what would be your next area of advice well really i, I kind of joked about the the landlord and the rent but really that's the next major expense on the category would would, would be to go and and try to negotiate a lower rental uh, or um, think about maybe owning your own facility at some point soon 
So you're not paying a landlord or depending on the landlord to uh, do something about the rent if you have to shut down again. There's a lot of time, a lot of our clients uh, in 2020 that experienced the shutdown had to go to their landlords and ask them to uh, forego the rent for two or three months. And uh, of course, the landlord complained that they can't do that because they still have to make their loan payments. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it was an educational process for anybody, but everybody was caught off guard. Nobody really expected this to happen except maybe Bill Gates five years ago <laughs> right? in his TED Talk. Wow. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I don't think anybody was ready for this or everybody no. kind of turned their back and said, oh, this won't happen. Now, I, what I think is it will happen again, you know, whether it's in one year or five years or, and it may not be a pandemic, but it'll be a, a significant event, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So we need to be prepared. Agreed. Um, what about systems and processes? You can always work on bettering your systems and processes. You can work on uh, what you would do if something like this happened again. Uh, you know, you might decide to stay open for emergencies or you might start mm-hmm. learning how to diagnose through teledentistry. Uh, a lot of people that did that, uh, certainly when they reopened, they got a lot of new patients that mm-hmm. had seen them mm-hmm. through teledentistry. I didn't know and about so that. And so that's a way to get new patients during the closure. We had clients that took the opportunity to upgrade their software. They changed systems. Uh, We had clients that uh, were trained in um, different procedures uh, and took continuing education during the close down. Yeah, so that's a a good one to key off of. So because we're talking about how to prepare, right? Not not what to do with the time during your closure, right? How to prepare for the next one. But um, the continuing education, the the adding to your skill set, that's a good one that you could start at any time. Right. Preparing for, to, to be able to take on more work, essentially. Right. And so, I think that's a great idea. And I think a lot of the, the people that I know have uh, taken some pretty significant uh, courses to, to prepare for new procedures. Like, for instance, do you have any for instances mm-hmm. that you can not, recall? Not specifically. Okay. But I know the cost of those courses has been, you know, as much as thirty, forty thousand dollars. So significant procedures. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's interesting you mentioned that because I think most of those courses are here within the states locally, but there are some other ones that are available offshore, much cheaper, um, the seminars longer, and they get more—I don't know what to call them—hours, um, hands-on. Oh, well, no, like. They get to practice the procedure more, more times. More time, right. Yeah. More more oh, patients yeah. to work on. Okay. okay. Would you have some recommendation on that? Not anything specific. I mean, the doctor's pretty much going to have to see what applies to them individually in those cases. I but I, I agree I, that some of the cases I was thinking of specifically were uh, in other countries like Mexico and Brazil, where the doctors were flying down and, and doing the courses to uh, learn these new procedures. And I guess because of the difference in laws between the U.S. and some of these other countries, they do get more hands-on experience Mm -hmm. because they're able to see more patients in the other countries Mm -hmm. than they are here. Because the dollar goes much further over there. Yeah. And I was thinking about systems. You were talking about how, you know, we're talking about um, how to fill the time, but also systems being in place when things are different than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I remember when we were first using computers mm-hmm. when I worked at the car dealership mm-hmm. many years ago <laughs> that, um, you know, we were using computers to process the car deals. It's all auto 
dealership terms, but either way, um, <laughs> the computer went down, and then all of a sudden we had to go back to handwriting right. everything. And so, and it's like, did we do this? How did we yeah, do this? Right. This is so difficult. This is so crazy. Yeah. So it's like being without your safety net almost being able to to cope with that. Yeah, so adaptability is right. very important. Absolutely. Yeah, how would we do tax returns by hand? Right. Right. That would be your problem. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Lynn would be like, Sayonara, I am out of here. <laughs> See you guys, I'm going to go work at Target. <laughs> you go so raise funny. bees. Yeah, well, yeah right. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> would. That's hilarious. The other thing that the doctors can be focusing on in preparation for the next significant event are concepts in their office, such as sterilization, hygiene, and sanitization. And these are things that patients are demanding these days, uh, and it makes them feel better about coming to your office. It's what sets your office apart from those others that don't communicate that to the patients. And we have a lot of clients. I know some that don't communicate those things to their patients, and they're struggling. So I can see a real difference in how this actually really does work. So it's important to communicate what you're doing to the patients. Right. And it's crazy because, you know, two years ago, by and large, patients didn't come in the office and go, okay, is it sterile here? Is it clean? Right. Not coming. Yeah. But now that's just expect it. Yeah. Now yeah. they're looking for they it. They demand it. They demand it and they have their eye out for it. So if they don't see it. They're not coming back. Because they won't feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that news will spread like wildfire and it's just going to affect. Right. So so the next pandemic may not be a, a, an illness, but I think this is what patients are going to expect from this point forward because mm-hmm. of the current pandemic. It, it's never going to be like it was. They are going to, from this point forward, expect highly sterilized, sanitized, clean looking practices. So even if it's cluttery or you right. have old furniture and chairs sitting around, I think that's going to emotionally affect how they view your practice, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if you have equipment sitting around and it's out of place, again, it looks cluttery. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't make them feel comfortable right. in coming there. The walls right. need to be painted. Artwork is like from 1980 <laughs> something. I, I'm, I'm weird about that, too, though. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it could look better. What do you have against the 80s? Is that what? (laughs) Well, that's the sad part. I mean, I really have nothing against the 80s, but it's freshened it up a little bit. Right. Make it more aesthetically pleasing. Right. And it should also be easily researchable, I would think. Like online, if they're just trying to look for a new dentist to go to, it Mm -hmm. might be cleaner. So make sure your website is updated. Make sure, you know. Your photos look clean and uncluttered. Correct. It's a world event that's changed how we look at dental practices. We used to just look at restaurants, you know, like Mm -hmm. not just restaurants, but that was like the main thing. But that's a good example, right. Right. And now we're looking at everything Mm -hmm. like that, I Mm -hmm. think. Well, we're looking at more than just the experience of going there. We're actually looking at a reason to feel comfortable going there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you won't even set foot in a place anymore if you don't feel comfortable or if you don't think you're going to feel comfortable. Right. Absolutely. So, Ash... To summarize, what do you have there on your list? Well, you know, to summarize, we talked about potentially looking at expenses where they can be reduction. Uh, we lo- looked at uh, CE classes that clients can take to be able to offer more services at their practice. Um, we also looked at evaluating your overhead, looking at inefficiencies. Um, Creating savings. Creating yeah. savings. Cash oh, is yes. king. The cash is king. That is true. 
Oh, I think there's one other thing on my list that we haven't touched on yet. Um, the possibility of a PPE shortage. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think there will be one in the future? Ooh, and had one before. Should start Don't see why there wouldn't be another on one. Them? I think we still have one to some extent. Yeah. And if the doctors can stock some of that uh, going forward at all times, then they'll be more prepared than they were this time. And what about PPE utilization at the practice? Maybe teaching the staff how to use them, maybe not use them as often where, you know, a mask that can be worn around the whole day doesn't need to be changed after every procedure. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens in the next six months as the pandemic sort of may wind down. (laughs) Uh, We don't know what the new normal is going to be. I don't know that they'll be using the PPE for every patient, but I don't see that they won't be. Again, to make the patients feel comfortable, I think they're going to ha- the staff are going to have to keep using PPE going forward indefinitely. Right, but there should definitely be some um, care taken so that there's not waste, mm-hmm. right, with a resource that may be difficult to come by. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and I don't guess we know what those parameters are anyway because right. we're not clinicians and we don't know what they've been CDC may have told. something up on their right. website right they now. They probably know that but they can refer to. Right. But that would be good. Something I think one of the biggest things is too just, just to learn from what we've already been through. You know, what they've already had to experience and um, Right. Where where was your biggest struggle mm-hmm. and and take something from that and, and put parameters in place so that you're not caught off guard by that that same thing again if it's if it's something that could happen again right okay depending on what it is well that's great guys i'm glad we got together to discuss this and let's hope we don't have to deal with this (laughs) a second you know significant event anytime soon that would be nice um thank you all for listening and again if you have any questions please do email them to us at info at eandassociates.com Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond Bite Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.